Hey there, Wolfpack fans. It's me again, Kenton Gibbs, with my main man, Grayson Boone, and we are bringing you another episode of Locked On Wolfpack. We have a ton to talk about. We have the men's basketball team trending in the right direction, just winning, 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 continuing their winning ways despite some unusual suspects coming to the party and kind of carrying the water for the team and the women's basketball team, right when we thought they turned the corner, right when we thought they had officially gotten rid of those early season, figuring out their role thing, bada bing, bada boom, we were wrong. But we're going to talk about how both of these games happened and what we think will go happen going forward with both of these teams in today's episode of Locked on Wolfpack. That sounds like a good episode to you, Grayson. I'm ready to go. Let's talk some hoops. Absolutely. But before we get into that, I have to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. You can hire the qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your 2023 goals. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college terms and conditions do apply. So folks, please stick around. We've got a great episode of hoops coming your way. We've got all things Georgia Tech hoops. Uh, because that's the team that both of these teams played coming on today's episode of Locked on Wolfpack. You are Locked on Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. So Grayson, before we get started, how was your weekend, man? How you doing? It was good. I was uh, I was in the building for the men's win uh, on Saturday, so good to see back to back wins with me in attendance. Uh, I had some friends in town, so it's very good to see a W. How are you? Oh, I'm great as always, man. I'm always excited to talk some Wolfpack sports. And let me tell you something: this men's team, they keep figuring out a way. They keep finding a way. They keep they don't always look pretty, don't always look bright, but man, do they find a way. So in today's or in Saturday's game, rather, the Wolfpack came out on top against Georgia Tech in a game that at, at times it looked like we were going to choke it away. And you were saying to yourself, well, maybe not you, but there were some folks saying to themselves and tweeting, oh, man, it's the same old Wolfpack. If we can't find a way, we will find a way to lose it. And that's what it looked like was going to be the case until late in the game. We kind of pulled away and got some separation there. So with that being said, what did you take away from this um, 72 to 64 win? Yeah, I'll tell you what, I've mentioned it before, but it, it really feels like for some reason Georgia Tech just has our number. And I thought they're about to punch our number, unfortunately, yet again. But I don't know what kind of I don't know what kind of hex that Josh Pastner has on Keats, but very glad we avoided a, a disastrous situation in PNC on Saturday. But I got three words for you, and it's something we've already seen uh, this this season already. Ernest Ross game. Ernest Ross came up, basically saved the day, you know, outside of DJ Burns yet again. But uh, to see our guards struggle, Traquavion and Jarkel, unfortunately, when you rely so much on your guards and their spectacular shooting, you're going to run into a game like this one every now and then. So when that happens, you're going to need somebody else to step up here comes Ernest Ross yet again. You know, 16 points. He was perfect at the charity stripe, 7 of 7. He had seven boards. I think he had two key blocks uh, later in the second half all over the place. You know, outside of – it's it's hard to have a different favorite right now than DJ Burns, but 
Ernest Ross is really climbing the ranks for me. I love when he's on the floor. I love how we can get different looks both offensively and defensively. You know, he's flying around. He's getting the putback dunk. He's getting the extra rebound for us. I love his effort level and uh, quite frankly won the game for us, I would say, on Saturday. You know, I, I'm looking at this game, and what I take away from this game is this really is a Wolfpack team that is built to win in a variety of ways. You look at a game. When we come into the season, okay, if I tell you Tequavian Smith is only going to have five points. Him and Jarkel Joyner, or Jarkel Joyner is also going to have five points, okay? And we're looking at a situation where both of them are going to shoot poorly, and we're going to rely on Terquavian Smith being a playmaker, and we're going to rely on the other guys winning a ball game in conference now against the team that has beaten us in our arena what is it, six or seven straight wins at the PNC? I think it was four, four straight going into Saturday. Four straight going into Saturday. I may have exaggerated a little bit. Sorry, y'all, hyperbole. Anyhow, four straight against us in the PNC. And you're you're telling me we're going to win that game despite Terquavian only having five points. I'd have called you crazy and said, get out. I'd say, get out of my home. I don't need to be lied to. Not today. And yet. We have all these other guys step up. Yes, DJ Burns is not an other guy. He's a guy that is a mainstay in double figures, 15, 20, whatever he's going to do it. Sure. Casey Morsell stepping up, having a really great game stretching the floor. I believe it was, what, 17 points on 4-7 from deep? That's what you that's look right. for. That's what you look for. That's, that's the ball right there that's going to get you what you need, the three steals as well out of Morsell. Terquavian Smith with a team high 10 assists. That's what you look for. That is what I challenged Terquavian Smith. And obviously, I am not anybody who I don't believe he listens to regularly and is like, oh, Kenton called me out. I got to do this. But I challenged Terquavian Smith in saying, the biggest step that I want to see in his game when he decided to come back, I said, the biggest step, when your shot is not falling, affect the game positively. Affect the game positively. Because guess what? Every night, it don't matter who you are. Steph Curry is widely accepted as the greatest shooter of all time. He's had nights where he went, what, one of eight from three, one of nine from three. It happens to everybody. It doesn't matter who you are. It happens to everybody. And so the charge, the task, the thing that I said, if DeQuavian can do this, he'll show himself to be an NBA player. Affect the game positively in other ways. He's doing it. He's doing it. Ten assists, two steals. And here's the biggest thing for me. No personal fouls because before last year, when his shot wasn't falling, his defense, his feet got lazy and he started to defend with his arms. He started to defend with his hands. For those of you who don't know basketball, what defending with your hands means is you're no longer committed to staying in front of your man or or the player you're checking with your body. You're you're content with letting them go by and reaching and hoping that they uh, leave the ball out for you to possibly poke it out, which is oftentimes going to lead to blow bys and fouls. That was not the case in this game. And yeah, so, you know, Georgia oh, Tech. Sorry. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Georgia Tech only shot six free throws, so I thought we did a very good job defensively. Uh, you know, that's something that we have been struggling with in the past couple games: is too many, too many cheap fouls, too many lazy fouls. Didn't see much of that in this game, so we did a great job there. But like you just said, Casey Morsell, 
he's been a guy who's he's very integral to what we're trying to do, game in, game out, but it hasn't really lit up a stat sheet. Lit up a stat sheet on Saturday. Big shots there at the end, uh, dropping in a couple threes in times that we really needed them. Uh, can't say enough there, especially uh, you know when we started to gain more momentum going into halftime, he hit that three right there before the buzzer. That felt like a momentum shift. It turned out to not be a whole lot of help because uh, we kind of played around too much in the second half. But for him to then show up again as the uh, as the clock was getting a little thin on us in the second half, great job by Casey to show up. Uh, pull weight when somebody had to do it. So he was a closer in this one. There are multiple ways to win a basketball game. There's a thousand ways to skin a cat, and good teams find a lot of them. This team is finding a lot of them. We've won already when we've had the Tequavian and Jarkel show. We've done that. We've done it. We've done it plenty of times where those two just go nuclear and everybody else is like, all right, boys, get out of their way and let them cook. We've done that. We've had games where DJ Burns has put up 30 and, and we just got out the way and let him go. We've seen those games before. We have not seen games where we had the combination of Burns, Marcel, and Ross be the, the leaders of the team. And I'm going to tell you this. One of my biggest concerns for this team coming into this season was like, oh, Lord, please don't let it be a Gladys Knight in the Pips situation. Don't let Terquavion be uh, David Ruffin and, and everybody else be the Temptations because ain't nobody coming to see Otis. <laughs> although, surprisingly enough, Otis was the longest living Temptation. So although nobody was coming to see Otis, I guess they did in the end. But with that being said, you think to yourself, I, I, I had that concern about this team because while I knew that DJ Burns had a good post bag, while I knew that Jarkel was electric when he was on the court, he'd had some injury problems and some different things going on there. And um, with Mahorchich and Jack Clark, I'm like, they're not really known for their offense. And the guys that we currently have, we didn't have anybody who was known for, hey, they can fill it up in a hurry. Casey Morsell was known for defense, intensity, all that good stuff. He wasn't known for filling up either. And so my concern for this team was we don't run a lot of sets. We don't have a lot of guys that you can roll the ball out to and just go get a bucket. This is going to be a problem. And boy, have I been proven wrong. DJ Burns is turning out to be one of those guys. Roll the ball out to him. He'll figure it out. Post him up on the block. Post him up at the high post. Post him up at the three-point line. He'll figure it out. Jarkel Joyner. Doesn't matter. If he's got the ball in his hands, I'm thinking something good is going to happen for NC State soon after that. Casey Morsell has been much more consistent with his shot this year. I mean, he he has just been a, a bastion of consistency in terms of striping from deep this year. Like, I want you to think about this now. Casey Morsell, in the improvement that he's made over the years, his freshman year, 17.6% from three. Sophomore year, 26.3% from three. Last year, 35% from three. This year, 43.9% from deep. It's excellent. That's, that's, that is what this team is about. Guys who were not super highly heralded, guys who everybody wasn't beating the drum about it and, and screaming, hey, that guy's a ball player taking a step. To Quavian, taking a step in terms of I'm not going to put up 30 every night. On the nights where I'm struggling, I've still got to find ways to get guys involved. I've still got to defend at a high level. I've still got to bring intensity to the boards. Guys like Gant, 
Gant will never light up the stat sheet at a high, like he's never going to be a volume guy in terms of stats. You're never going to look up and see him have like a five by five or a triple double or something like that. But you know what you will do? If you watch the games, you will see him positively impacting this team. You will see him forcing guys to adjust their shots and take tough shots. You will see him tipping the ball out to somebody so they can get a rebound. That's what you see. And that's what makes this team so good. It's really, it's crazy to find ourselves in this situation, you know, especially in a year like we had this past year. But this is the kind of NC State team that we've wanted for a long time. We can find different ways to beat you. We can have our two guards. They can combine for 50 points. You know, the next night, DJ Burns can take the reins and he'll drop 30 on you. Then, you know, another game down the road, maybe nothing's going right. And you have a guy like Ernest Ross coming off the bench. He puts in 16. It kind of re-energizes the guys. So it's been such a joy to watch this team and how they've meshed together. Uh, a lot of a lot of them being new to the program, being transfers. Uh, it's it's been amazing to see the the team basketball they play, and it, it's it's working. You know, we just picked up our 19th win of the season, and we still have almost a full month left. I can't believe I'm saying that after what we've seen the past couple of years here in Raleigh. So unbelievable turnaround. You have to, you got to wonder how many votes is Keats going to start getting for ACC coach of the year? It, it, they're going to start piling up here at pretty quick. I mean, this very genuinely. How does he not win it? If this continues, how does he not win it? Who, who else? And, and I mean, this very seriously, who else, if you had to vote right now, who else would even be in the conversation? I think it's got to be either Keats or uh, Brownell from Clemson. I mean, yeah, I I put Brownell in there. I put Brownell in there. But they're these two teams are heading in opposite directions at yeah, the time where that the voting is the turnaround, the turnaround that we've had. Clemson's kind of consistently been there over the years. Some some years yes, some years no. But for us to be the the seller of the ACC last year, the yeah. worst basketball season we've had in our school's history. To have 19 wins getting into the meaty part of February here, I can't believe I'm saying that. I still can't believe I'm saying that. And and let me let you in on this, okay? In the ACC pre uh, preseason predictions, according to the men's basketball favorites, NC, Clemson was picked to finish right behind NC State. So I wow. get the argument for Clemson. I do. I'm I'm with you. I understand. Okay. But with the the only difference that I would say that I would say gives Keats a slight edge in my book, Clemson also has a player that is competing at conference player of the year level that like he's if he doesn't win it, it has to be Armando Baycott. And if it's not one of those two, it's not really. I love to He hasn't played consistently at the level of Hunter Tyson or Armando Baycott. That's just that's just me being honest. That's just me being honest about this. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And so. With that being said, you know, to see a, a situation where, again, Tequavian's been good. He's been very good. He has not been ACC player of the year at this point. Now, don't get me wrong. If he does some nonsense and he goes on the DJ Burns. Time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If he goes on the DJ Burns-like run over these next five to ten games, all right, all right I'm, I'm, I'm willing to hear you out. But with that being said, it's a little bit easier to win games when you got a guy that you know is going to go out there and get you, I believe, uh, I believe that uh, Hunter Tyson is averaging somewhere around like 18 and 11 or something crazy like that. Like yeah, that's solid. To me, it makes it a little bit easier. Makes it just just a little bit easier on the coach when you know, all right, 
we've got a guy, boys. Uh, we're in trouble. Don't worry. We've got a guy for that. We've got somebody who can handle that. And then on top of that, these two teams are kind of headed in opposite directions in terms of the last three games, Clemson has looked very rough. Beating Florida State by one point, a Florida State team that we blew out, losing to Boston College, and losing to Miami. Those losses came at home, I believe. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Only Miami was at home. Boston College was on the road. So with that being said, again, Hunter Tyson going 16 and 10, it's, it's tough to say that um, that their coach has the same claim to coach of the year. But I get it. I get it if he were to win it. I wouldn't be mad at that. But to me, Keats and he, those are the only two that I could see having a, a serious case for that because both of them have been getting the job done all year. And then speaking about getting the job done, you want to get the job done in terms of your hires. Well, guess where you need to go, folks? LinkedIn Jobs. You want to hire the most qualified candidates. And the only way to do that is to talk to the most qualified candidates even faster via LinkedIn Jobs. They allow you to post your job for free and sort through the 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates right away. So LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Now we're talking good times. We're talking things that are fun, things that are exciting. But there's another side of that coin. Our women's basketball team. Mm. After mm. the win against Notre Dame, we think, okay, they figured it out. They've got it right. They know what's going on now. And in the words of Lee Corso, not so fast, my friend. How does this loss to Georgia Tech happen? And what do you take away? No senior leadership, something we've talked about, kind of show in and show out. Uh, you know, the turnovers were very ugly at very ugly points in the game. Lots of air balls. Uh, that was kind of bizarre. I, it, we might have been double digits in air balls shot. Yeah. How does that happen for a Westmore team? This is just – this is the exact kind of loss where going into the game, you're like, we can't lose this game by any means. There's no excuses. It can't happen. This should be a gimme. And we lost. So yeah. – you really feel like the momentum we just built with the three wins against quality teams in Miami, Louisville, and then the big one against Notre Dame. I don't want to sound too dramatic, but it kind of feels like we just completely undid all of that. And that is a shame because we really felt like we had, uh, you know, a team that was starting to figure it out when it, when it matters the most here uh, in the back half of the ACC season to go down to Atlanta and just look completely out of it for large portions of that game. Not the entire game. We looked like we were going to take control. And then every time we looked like we were going to have it, poof, all momentum gone. We look lost. And, you know, we've said it on here multiple times. It doesn't matter who you play, but if you're playing an ACC team and you mess around too many times, they're going to figure out how to beat you. And that's exactly yep. what we saw yep. uh, Thursday evening in Georgia. You know, 
I know that I, I sound like a broken record. And I know Wolfpack fans are going to say, oh, Ken, you say that like it's easy. You say it all the time. How a team starts the game is everything. It's everything. What do you mean by that, Ken? Well, in the six games that we did, the women's basketball team has lost this season. They're two and four in the first quarters. They have been badly outscored. In all the games that they lost, uh, in terms of losing the first quarter, I want to say only two of them came by single digits. Only two of those games came by single-digit losses in the first quarter. So what does that mean? When you give inferior teams hope, they get confident. They start thinking, oh, we can play with these. We can play with these girls. We can play with these women. We, we, can, play, we can do that. They're, they put on their pants just like us. No, 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 no. Teams are going to fear you when you come in because of who you are. Back to back to back ACC champs. Teams are going to fear you because of who you are. Elite 18 last year that should have been a Final Four had it not been for a two seed somehow getting a home game. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> Teams are going to fear you because of who you are. And so your task, the call to set out upon you as a team is to go out early establish the tempo and the pace of we're going to play our style of ball and y'all are going to adjust to it. You're going to have to beat us at our style of ball. If you want to win this basketball game, good luck. That's what you do. That's what you do. And in this game here, it just, you know, I'm going to tell you this. A lot of people are transferring out of the program. Jessica Timmons, just now she's transferring out of the program. Sophie Hart, and now she was transferring out of the program earlier. And a lot of people, Ron Westmore about, oh, we didn't have any high school players coming in. And I believe that Westmore has learned from his mistake with this, with what we're currently seeing. And what do I mean by that? There are the overwhelming presence on this team is transfers. And that's just the reality. You look at the players who are playing big minutes, right? The player who played the most minutes out of everybody in this game was Madison Hayes. She played 30 minutes, transfer. Player that played the second most minutes, Diamond Johnson, transfer. Like, this is the reality that we're looking at here, okay? Jakia Brown-Turner, one of the only players in the top five of ter- in, player- in terms of players who played. Actually, the only, because it's her, then Mimi Collins, then Sanaya Rivers. All transfers except Jakia Brown-Turner. Let me explain what that means. The people setting the the culture of the team, the constitution of the team, are not people that have been in Westmore's system for years. As a recruiter, I'm often told, I was told, you need to hire a certain amount of people. I'm good at my job. I find a lot of people who are good at what they do. And we got to a point where my manager said, all right, cut it off. Stop. And I'm like, why? We can keep going. I've got a good thing rolling. My pipelines are bursting here. I Let's go. Let's get these engineers in. And my manager tells me, if we bring in too much growth too quickly, we don't have the original people who were here who understand what this company is about setting the tone for who we are. No culture. The new hires will set the culture. And this is no offense to our transfers. Because they've all had big moments. Mimi Collins has had big moments. Sanaya Rivers, everybody knows how I feel about her. Diamond Johnson, everybody knows how I feel about her. 
I, this is not a, a Madison Hayes. Oh my God, boy. When I tell people she is so much better than the stat she would ever tell you she is, she is the woman version of Greg Gant plus some to me. And and so with that being said, this is not a slight to the transfers. What it is instead is an immense credit to the way in which Westmore builds a team to where that culture, that grit and grind and day in, day out, consistency, do it the right way, Every time it can only be established one way. And he showed us the way by building that team together for years and years and years. And, and this was a game that you just saw that culture wasn't there. That culture wasn't there. It, it just wasn't. And we did not have the defensive intensity necessary. We didn't have the defensive focus necessary. And like you said, it's not like Georgia tech was hot as fish grease and they just shot us out the gym. And that's why they came up with this win. We gave up easy buckets. We had the mental lapses. We had the air balls where it just seemed like this team was kind of out of it. It was, it was so frustrating to see how excited Georgia Tech was after they won that game. And I say this very respectfully, but they're just they're flat out bad. They're a bad yeah. team. Yeah. And for them to, to be so excited that they knocked off a, a team that has the reputation that NC State has built over the last three, four, five years. Just felt like, like, what are we doing? Like, how do we find ourselves in this situation here? How does yeah. how does a Westmore team just get absolutely blindsided? It felt like by just a flat out bad basketball team. It just felt extremely uncharacteristic of you know what we've just what we've been seeing for NC State women's basketball. It just felt like not even a team that we we've come to know and follow very closely. It just it felt like we had. Somebody else running around out there in red jerseys uh, the other night. So, But I'm, I'm going to yeah. tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. And one thing I, I say all the time about mature teams and immature teams, one of the biggest ways that you can tell a mature team from an immature team, how do they perform away from home? Especially if they've got a chaotic home environment. Our home environment is ruckus. It's loud. It's nasty. I'm telling you, it gets crazy up, up there in uh, Reynolds. It gets crazy in there. We're four and four away from there. Twelve and two at home, four and four away. And to to your point, that game Thursday night at Georgia Tech, I think I could count on both of my hands how many people were in attendance in that game. So you can't give any credit to like a ruckus of environment to go and be thrown off your style. Just completely fell asleep. Maybe maybe the lack of people put us to sleep because that's that, what it felt like at the end of the game there. And that's and that's my point exactly. A mature team knows all the outside noise, all the energy from the fans and all that is great. I love it. Good. It's outside noise. I can't control the fans. I can't control. I can't fill up their arena. I can't fill up their pavilion in in Atlanta. I can't do that. That's not incumbent upon me to do. What's incumbent upon me is to control what I can control. Go out there and be the best player I can be, game in, game out. And again, when you've got folks who've been in Westmore system, when you got folks who played Westmore style of ball for a while, they know that and they do that. But this is just a situation where, again, this is no disrespect because there is not a single transfer that I look at and I say, you have been a letdown or disappointment. Not a single one. But the players who have been in the program, 
what's going on. The players who have been in the program, you talk about senior leadership. Jada Boyd, who is of all of our players who are quote-unquote homegrown talents, she's the leading scorer of that group. One of five, two points in this game. Hmm. I mean, what what do we what do we do with that? What do hmm. we do with that? Jakia Brown-Turner, three of nine for 10 points in this game. Camille Hobby was the only one who I would say had a pretty good game out there with 12 and seven and a big time block as well. It's, it's hard for me to look at this team and say to myself, I know that I can trust them or I'm expecting a deep run into the tournament. But the, the silver lining of this for me is that I believe Westmore has learned from his mistake because this next high school class we got coming in, extremely impressive. And, and on top of that, like I've already talked about, this a game like this is the exact reason why I said Sanaya Rivers is one year away from being in that superstar category because even she, I want to say she was another player that went one of five with two points or so in this game. Yep. So or four points. She had four points in this game. When these players come along and the seniors, you know, hey, it is what it is. They don't have much time left. Okay. But I believe that they do because of the COVID year. But other than that, all of these other players, it, it's going to take more time in this Westmore system to understand the culture, understand how it goes. And these freshmen are going to be here for the years to grow up in it, to be groomed in it, to be molded by it, to be formed by it. So we'll we'll see how that works out. And uh, again, I'm it's, it's a disappointing loss, but I'm not going to be doom and gloom and like, oh, this team is terrible and all that. It's a bad loss. It's a really bad loss. But this NC State team has shown us, this women's team has shown us, they can beat anybody when they're hot and they can lose to anybody when they're not. To me, that's the greatest thing that you can take into the tournament as Westmore. You can take, regardless of what seed you are, you can look at whoever is across that court from you and say, have we not beaten a team that's just as good as them or better? And have we not lost to a team that's worse than them? So who are we going to be? Who are we going to show up as in this game? They have uh, they have quite the opportunity to do just that Monday night. They welcome in Virginia Tech. They're a great team, and uh, it goes without saying how important this game is on Monday night. It's the play for K game. How important that is to the women's basketball program, but also the school. This has been a staple of women's basketball at NC State for quite some time. You know, raising breast cancer awareness. Uh, you know, in light of uh, our coach K Yao that passed away. This is extremely important. What better time? to rally the troops per se and bring out your best effort. It's going to be on national television. This is a big deal against a good team. Prove to us that you can continue to get this done on Monday night. Absolutely. And again, to me, I'm not a believer in like, oh, this one loss derailed everything. Listen, you took a bad loss. Okay. Be mature. Bounce back. Be mature. Say, you know what? We lost a game that we shouldn't have, but I'm not going to let one loss turn into two. If Virginia Tech beats us, it will be because they're better than us on this night. It will not be because we are feeling sorry for ourselves with our head down coming into this game. That's the only thing I don't want to see happen. That's not how great seasons are built. That's not how great programs are built. But speaking of built, let me talk to you all about Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat and don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to get a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and and we're – at that point where most people have given up on their New Year's resolutions, but trust me, stick to it. 
or start something new. Even if that didn't work out, try it again. And the way that you can try it again, if you want to eat healthier or something like that without compromising on taste is by trying Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious. You won't think that they're good for you. They're perfect for whatever your dietary needs are. And that's what makes Built Bar so good. They're covered in 100% real chocolate, and they're also great in terms of macros. I mean, some have as low as 130 calories and four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein in a single bar. So with that being said, head to your nearest Walmart or or um, Sam's Club and get yourself some Built Bars. You can pick up a four box of cookies and cream, double chocolate or coconut puffs. Again, if you're close to a Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13 bar box with our favorite favorite flavors, uh, brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. So, Grayson, all in all, we're looking at, you know, like I said, a men's team trending in the right direction, doing the right things. We're looking at a women's team that's up and down. You know, we're kind of riding a little bit of a roller coaster there. But I must say, all in all, I think that we're in a great spot. I, I think that we're in a really, really good spot because – and this is not to say that men's basketball is more important because I'm not, I, I just, I, I'm not a believer in that. But what I do believe is that we have a proven winner for the women's team in Westmore. And we have a coach that is figuring out ways to win in Kevin Keats. And I, I knew when he got the job and everybody was, you know, after he had a couple bad years straight and everybody was like, oh, it's not going to work. He's not the guy, yada, yada, yada. I said, hey. I'm not sure if he's the guy either, but I'm not ready to write him off. And as long as he's on the sidelines, we got to support him. And he's showing why this team deserves support. What do you think about the state of both basketball teams at the moment? Yeah, so big, big, big week coming for the men's team here. We got three opportunities for ice cream coming up. Uh, You know, not just with us winning this past Saturday against Georgia Tech, but we got some help uh, from teams beating the team to the top of the ACC, I believe Clemson lost, Carolina lost to Duke. So we've suddenly found ourselves continually climbing the ACC ladder here. Now now we're going to have to prove it. We're going to have to prove that we belong. We have three big road opportunities, obviously the first of which is on Tuesday night uh, up in Charlottesville. That's a big-time game. They lost as well. UVA lost. So they're going to be – they got a little bitter taste in their mouth. That's going to be a big-time prove-it game for me. I, I can't wait to watch that game. I, I, I wish it was Tuesday night right now. I want to watch. but uh, And then, of course, the women, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. That was That's a tough loss, but there's still time to turn it around starting Monday night. If you, if, you, if, you, if you can right the ship and you can beat a good Virginia Tech team, just keep it rolling after that. But you got to show up on Monday. You have to. You know, I used to hate when my mom would say that. I'm not mad. I'm it, it digs deep, doesn't it? Just like, just whoop me, bro. Like the belt is right there. What are we doing here? What are it we? Stings. Yeah, it stings way worse. The the whooping will heal after like five minutes or so. You're like, oh, all right, whatever. You're going about your day, but but the, I'm not. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. It's like, why did you think better of me? I have not been a great child over the years. Why? Yeah, you got to sit there and think about it for a hot minute. Exactly. Exactly. I need this team to sit there and think about it because we believe in you. Y'all are the champions of all people say that whenever I hear people say, oh, NC State hasn't won a championship since the 80s and 
all of the or conference championships since nineties or whatever in all these different sports. I'm like, what are you talking about? Our women's team just won the conference back to back to back. And they're like, oh, well, 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 you know, the big three. And I'm like, well, no. If we're talking basketball, women's basketball has to be included. But we sure. got a big four at NC State. Exactly. But I'm like, sure, if you want to take women's basketball out, then yes. And those three we haven't, but you have to count in this team that has been utterly dominant. Like you, you have to count in that team. So again, I'm not one of those people that's like, well, men's is good. Women's can be trash now, and I don't care. Cause like, no, that's that's not something I want to see at all. Um, but like you said, not mad, just just kind of disappointed. And I'm sure that this team will learn from these lessons and, and all that. And I'm trusting that they'll learn from it this season because I'm not at the point where I'm like, all right, this is a throwaway season. We're going to make the tournament, get kicked out in the round of 32 and whatever. We had a decent year. Cool. I, I still think that this team has potential to make a deep run in the tournament. They just got to figure it out and they just got to show up and be consistent. They just got to show up and, and want it, have those fast starts, have that consistency, and we'll see where that goes from there. Thank you all so very much for coming out. We appreciate you every single time, Wolfpack Nation. Y'all make this show what it is. Now, listen, Wolfpack Nation, I know that this show ran a little long, but I got a challenge for y'all. We're going to keep putting out shows daily, okay? I know that it was, I was kind of inconsistent when it was just me, but have no fear. Grayson's here. We're going to keep putting out shows daily. I want to get this thing to 500 subscribers by this summer. Or by my birthday, rather, okay? My birthday is dead in the middle of the year. It's the 14th day of the sixth month of the year. So it's right there in the middle, all right? By June 14th, I think we can get this thing to 500 subscribers. What do you say, Wolfpack Nation? I love to see it. Thank y'all so very much for coming out. I appreciate you every single time. Peace and love, y'all. And as always, go Pack. Go Pack. Our Locked On Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 